Welcome to Canine Revolution Radio. Presented by Canine Revolution Dog Training. Enhancing the dog and owner relationship through education, balance, and pack instinct. guys, welcome to another episode of Canine Revolution Radio. We've got Chad and Chris here with me. Uh, today we're going to talk about understanding anxiety in dogs. Very, very important topic, I feel. Uh, a lot of body language that dogs do emit. A lot of the things that they do is misunderstood by humans. So today we're going to clear up some misconceptions having to do under the umbrella of anxiety, all right? So uh, just real quick, one, anxiety is super common in dogs. So is insecurity, you know, especially in the nowadays, the domesticated dog, these rescue dogs, all these dogs that have these pasts where they've been reinforced in these mindsets, you know, unbeknownst to the normal owner. Uh, so extremely common. So if you're dealing with some of this, you know, don't think, uh, you know, you got a freak case or anything, you know, we can definitely uh, address it with just some proper management, right? So I want to talk about a couple of the signs, more so right now, just the biggest one that I see because I see it literally every day on social media. Kevin's getting ticked oh, off. We're already getting amped up here. Kevin's boys. getting ticked off of these every, viral videos. Every dodo video, every rescue video, every everybody out there with their dog. Wait, what's dodo? It's like a, an animal page. Oh, I'll, 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 send you, I'll send you some links. People are gonna stop following us because Kevin's talking <laughs> trash about viral videos. We just gotta understand it, all right? Smiling. Your dog is not smiling. It does not mean the same thing to us um, that it does to them. You know, smiling or burying their teeth uh, one, one thing that I remember we read that they could be doing it is because to copy us, right? But if you just got a rescue dog, put him in your, put him in your car or truck and he's smiling at you, he's not happy that he's going somewhere. He doesn't understand that. He's kind of freaking out a little bit in his mind because his environment is drastically changing. He's with new people. There's all these variables and he's just unsure. Dogs don't speak English. We can't just be like, Hey, you're coming home with us forever. You're going to have a great life. You know what I mean? So inside their mind, they don't understand what's going on. Uh, it's actually just anxiety, and it's uh, common to be associated with uh, like heavy panting at the same time, which kind of exacerbates the the smiling. So uh, we interpret it to be something that we do instead of understanding it from their level. And we've probably mentioned in every episode we need to look at it from the dog's level, not our own. Okay. Uh, anything y'all want to add to that? Yeah, just uh, you know, real quick, we as humans. We see these things that are similar to a human signal, human body language, and that's what we expect. Right. You know, because we, we want to, we want it to be that. Yeah. You know exactly. I mean? We gotta, we gotta educate ourselves on what a dog is really communicating, and understand it like we always talk about from their perspective. You know what I'm saying? And go with that. Yep. So just to dive into anxiety a little bit, let's let's look at it from, let's think about it from our end, right? So when you go to new places, like if you travel somewhere you've never been before or you're starting a new job with people you've never met before, uh, you know, or just going to like a party, you know, meeting new people, going out, whatever, pushing your boundaries, we're going to be naturally anxious. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be there. Of course, you know, people can reassure you that, hey, it's okay. I've been here before. This place is safe or this guy is cool or this job is awesome. You're going to love it. That's all well and good, but we understand English. You know what I mean? So from the dog perspective, if we put them in those scenarios that will, you know, stress them out, well, that's well and good. We can't tell them that it's okay. But if they are exposed to it long enough, potentially they could start to warm up to the trigger or to the scenario. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, in the dog world, and you, you see this quite often, uh, until we are exposed long enough to the scenario, uh, 
whether it's insecure or anxious behaviors, owners tend to reinforce these mindsets by telling their dog in baby talk that it's okay or petting them. I can't tell you how many consultations I go to where they're holding the dog back, the dog is growling and barking at me, and they're, oh, it's okay, you know, and it's, at that point, I usually say, hey, go ahead and stop petting him, you know, because you're, you're just reinforcing that, and I don't, I don't really want to get bit today, so. <laughs> I've had some owners know. redirect, try to redirect with, like, food and stuff, and right. they're, like, here's some food, here's some. <laughs> you know, reinforce Yeah, something that. they value even more than the touch, potentially, right. and, and right. you know yeah. what I'm saying, we're going from zero to 100 at that point, you know, and I get from a human standpoint where we can see it as being effective, However, our dogs don't understand it, you know. And understand we're, we're not necessarily, like, bashing the, right, the right. humans, like, because all three of us have been there and done that Absolutely. stuff. So this is more about educating you guys on. That's why we're doing this. We're trying to educate you. We're trying to educate everybody, just like we were educated, you know. Dude, I used to do the same yeah. thing. <laughs> Go to the vet office of a Bane. Bane's trying to eat the vet. And I'm like, it's a good boy, good boy. It's okay. <laughs> uh, I actually had to stop the vet uh, last time. Just because like uh, Wally was just losing it, and uh, they were like trying to, it was just bad. I was like, just stop petting him, please. <laughs> but what we're doing, you know, during that time, unfortunately, is we are building upon these undesirable behaviors. And you know, normal owners are always shocked when they ask, "Oh, this came out of nowhere. This behavior came out of nowhere." When truth is, it's we've just accidentally may have reinforced that behavior uh, without even realizing. it. You over know. a period of years right even, you know what i mean and so this this is why why we do what we do you know we want you to be cognizant of what you do in your day-to-day -day. you know you may have to change a few things up if you're noticing some of these things begin to escalate you may have to implement structure you know uh oh you know of course we're biased get get some training but there are other things you can do you know with the with the common untrained but you should dog. still probably get training yeah, at the revolution and, eight four three yeah, two one three <laughs> <laughs> But we just need to be aware of what we are doing and how our dog can potentially understand it. And there's a lot of great books out there. I'm sure we'll have a podcast where we go over a list of books and quick overviews of everything that we've read. Uh, but there's a lot of good information out there uh, to include this podcast, okay? Uh, so some common signs of anxiety going back. You know, we talked about smiling being a big one. Pacing, you know. If your dog is walking to one place and then back multiple times, you know, it could be a typical sign or just kind of keep walking in a circle or walking around the living room, whatever the case may be. I've seen it where uh, they will go where, like, their feeding area is and then come back in and they'll do that. And the owner's like, oh, you're hungry. I'm going to get up. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to reinforce this mindset. And I just kind of let you dominate me if, it, if food was, in fact, what you wanted. You know what I mean? Uh, so I was getting fat. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Guaranteed. So we're, again, just accidentally reinforcing it, you know, unbeknownst to us. Um, panting, huge one. Uh, and I used to put, uh, you know, Lulu in the vehicle. The second I start up the vehicle, <laughs> just start losing it. She would spaz out, start biting the windows, the dash, you know, all this prior to training. Now she may whine for about two minutes, but she goes to sleep, right? Because ultimately I'm giving her something else to do with that downstay in the vehicle. Um, but yeah, panting, heavy panting, you know, you haven't just did exercise or anything like that. Typically a good sign of anxiety. Um, so just to give you a little scenario, uh, no. Some, some clients have issues with putting their dogs in kennels, right? So I put a dog in a ken kennel that potentially has barely been exposed to it before, you know. Oftentimes they begin to excessively pant. You know, they may whine. They may start getting destructive. You know, all that is is anxiety, right? So look at it from our, our perspective. Imagine going to a foreign country. You meet someone, and the first thing you do is guide you to a room, lock you in it, and leave, right? What are you going to think? I've seen a movie like that, <laughs> yeah. I think, once. <laughs> What are you going to think? You know, how would you feel? You know what I mean? So that... A little anxious. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, you know, of course, with the training, we do proper kennel, kennel conditioning. You know, we want them to be comfortable in it. We want them 
to treat it like they're den in the wild. Uh, but again, just looking at it from their perspective, what's going on in their mindset. You know what I mean? Uh, you have anything to touch on there? Oh, going back to the foreign uh, foreign country example. What if you go to a foreign country, you don't speak a lick of that language. You're anxious about something and someone's just talking to you, but you don't know what they're saying. Right. What could that do? Make you more anxious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're lost. You don't yeah. know where you're at. You're trying to find your way back. Yep, Everybody exactly. speaks a different language than you. you yeah, exactly. So this, I think those are some good uh, metaphors just to look at it, you know, from, from our perspective to a dog's perspective. So, so uh, you know, what do we do, right? We have these issues. What do we do? How do we address them? So from a training standpoint, if I have a trained dog in an anxious state of mind, I'm going to manage that mind. I'm going to give him familiar things to do in order to redirect that mindset and ultimately make them comfortable. If I take them to a new environment, but I start practicing the obedience and I'm giving them something that they understand, something, some form of energy to put that mindset in and rely on me to kind of dictate what happens in the scenario, you know? So that's why when we properly socialize a dog, you know, we like to practice the obedience. We make it fun. We make it interactive. You know, if my dog is not being interactive, I may move further away from what's causing them to shut down. So, uh, you know, we do the focus drills, engagement, whatever the case may be. But at the core, what I'm doing is generalizing all environments to the dog through these practices. It's a huge part of training, you know, again, just from their perspective. To us, we're going to Home Depot, right? The dog potentially has never been there. You got cars, you got foot traffic, you got forklifts, different smells, noises, even the slick floors, all of these things happening at once. It's an overload, you know, it's a mental overload to the dog. So ideally, again, uh, you know, we want them to be comfortable. So I may go into the field off next to the parking lot instead, allow them to sniff around, allow them to eliminate, maybe put a familiar odor in that area to where they could kind of feel a little bit more at ease. Then maybe slowly work my way towards the environment uh, just to not, you know, overload them. But that's, you know, that's good for a trained dog. You can apply that to an untrained dog as well. Um, you know, you could continue to expose them to it. You know, short sessions, of course, you don't want to stress them out to the point to where they're just going to shut down every time. But maybe I get out, maybe I do a quick lap around the parking lot, get back into my car, go home. You know, maybe a couple of days later I go back, make it a couple more minutes longer, you know, until they're comfortable. You know, you could even set a time, be like, hey, here's 10 minutes. This is what I'm going to do 10 minutes a day until I start to see some confident body language, some, you know, dogs are scheduled. They're like, oh, I'm going here. I've been here before. They may be a little bit more calmer than they were the day before. We don't want to force anything. We want it to happen kind of organically, you know. So we work in close proximity to what's going on. You find that threshold of reactivity and eventually move toward it and through it, you know. So, if, again, if they're in the parking lot, you know, I'm just going to keep going. Maybe try to find a quieter, quieter place, you know. If we're doing socialization, you know, like in our episode, we say, hey, stay, start at a park, you know, somewhere low-key. But if we're to the point to where we're going to Home Depot, this is kind of how we want to, you know, address it as well. Lowe's, PSA, whatever the case may be. Um, Y'all got anything for that? I, so I would, I would just also harp on, I mean, you can, you can do this. You can do engagement with an untrained dog. But with training, um, I feel anyway that it's easier to address the anxiety because they, are, they, they get comfort out of the structure. We've talked about this, you know, tons of times. But, you know, the different, there's a huge difference between walking down the aisle in Home Depot um, with a dog pulling on the leash and a dog in a good heel, structured heel position. Them being in that heel position, they still may be showing all those signs of anxiety. They might have a rigid, rigid body posture, heavy panting, you know, lips are back, they're, they're very stressed and you can see that. But 
we're giving them something to focus on, like you said, mm -hmm. that brings them comfort, builds their confidence over time. But then on top of that is making those sessions positive. I always try to start a session uh, with something positive, like engagement, like you brought up, maybe some focus drills, and I like to try to end it with that as well. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm, I'm continually building uh, making it a positive thing. You know, my dog Vader was very stressed at it. Pretty much we left the house, right? He's super stressed, very vocal. Um, but for a long time, I mean, probably a, probably a two week stretch straight, I fed him at a Lowe's. It was on my way, on my way in, in over to Chad's. I'd stop in every morning, feed him his breakfast. At first, he's like, don't want nothing to do with it. Well, that's okay. Eventually he got into it. And now all of a sudden, Ooh, this is where I get my breakfast. I like this place. Now, now he's, he's good. So Hold them to this structure. Having, having a trained dog is gonna make this a little bit easier. Hold them to something that's gonna bring comfort to them, but then also try as, try as much as possible to make it a positive experience. So. Exactly, and then also, uh, you know, we talk about a dog being anxious in Home Depot maybe, for example, pulling you down the aisle. That can make you anxious too. Oh yeah. So getting your dog calm, confident, relaxed through training or through just doing what we're talking about that can make you less anxious as well, mm -hmm. right. you know? big time. And that's a that's a huge factor. Like your level, your emotions, and what you're feeling can go right into your dog. And that was a big one for me. Like I could even with the training when I'm working on the training, my dog's issues were dog reactivity. I could be perfectly calm in the, in the training, and then all of a sudden a dog comes around. What happens? You freaking out! Oh my gosh, here we go! Yeah. Right, and then the dog's like, "What? What? What happened?" They sense that change, <laughs> yeah. and now all of a sudden they're even right. more jacked up, and boom, you get a reaction. So yeah, that's a that's a yeah. huge huge point. I mean, they're so sensitive to the vibes that we put off. Oh, that just little things in the moment, you know, we'll, we'll choke up on that leash, mm -hmm. you know, or we'll, we'll become rigid. You know, they see that. Yeah. They're just going to, they're just going to react. Absolutely. Along with yeah. Um, but just, uh, so talking about negative mindset. So, uh, if I am walking through home Depot with an untrained dog, I would never do, but if I was walking through home Depot with an untrained dog, uh, at that point, if they're pulling against the leash and they're getting amped up, all I'm doing is reinforcing that mindset at that point as well. You know what I mean? There's no control there. So do be cognizant if you have an untrained dog, how you may start to address it. You may want to reach out and just go ahead and send them through a training program. Because uh, we don't want to accidentally reinforce these mindsets. Why? Because they grow, escalate. You know, I'm sure we're going to talk about body language more in depth at a future uh, podcast. But the ones we talked about earlier, pacing, panning excessively, smiling, whining, and barking, all these things we need to avoid reinforcing, we need to work through. Because it, just imagine a ball of energy in their head and it has to come out somewhere, right? So then we talk about the behaviors that anxiety can cause in the home. Destructive behaviors, you know what I mean? Um, uh, tearing up your couch, your clothes, chewing your baseboards, breaking out of the kennel, you know, bum rushing the door, jumping all over people, barking, losing their mind. Is some, some of these can sometimes be insecurity as well or under stimulation, yes. But a lot of these are based in anxiety. Of course, we know the difference. Um, but they all go hand in hand. You know, it's not always both. Sometimes one, sometimes it's the other. But think about how much energy is created by that mindset as they dive deeper and deeper into it. And it has to and will come out somewhere we call it, you know, it can start leaking or it can just result in just full on destruction. You know, uh, so just to kind of, uh, you know, touch on anxiety a little bit. Of course, this is why we recommend training. You know, you have the opportunity with proper training to manage your dog on a mental and physical instinctual basis every day, which over time provides them calm, confident, relaxed demeanor, right? They know what to expect. They have that structure to adhere to. They respect and trust me in situations that they're uncomfortable with. They check in with me when they're uncomfortable. Things like that, that is what you ultimately want to achieve uh, through training, you know. If 
I notice undesirable behaviors, I can simply redirect that negative energy and that mindset into something positive for them to do. You know, not only manages, manages them mentally, but also communicates to them that they can rely on me in that scenario, that you can respect me. I'm going to control the environment for you. I'm going to build your respect and trust in me as, as your pack leader. So just to kind of uh, wrap that up a little bit, if you guys have anything else to add. Yeah, I'll touch on one thing. So Kevin mentioned uh, physical stimulation. So I want to talk about that for just a quick minute. So like I hear this a lot, you know, I exercise my dog all the time, but they're still bouncing off the walls. They're I let them run destroying. around in the yard all the time. I, exactly. Right? <laughs> so like that's that's the thing. Like what are you doing to, to are you exercising exercising them in a healthy way and in, in the way that they need with the balance of mental stimulation as well, right? We're, we're, we're properly balancing their energy levels just just literally like giving them physical exercise. Treadmill is a good example. We use the treadmill. It's a great tool. But if we just put the dog on the treadmill for an hour, two hours a day and be like, boom, we're giving them their exercise. We're building their endurance. We're building their stamina. And that anxiety is going to just last that much longer. Right. And you're, you're building that anxious mindset. So uh, physical stimulation is key uh, along with mental stimulation. And as long as you're doing it in, a, in the proper healthy means. Well, to piggyback off that, you know, so some examples, things we commonly hear of people giving their dog exercise. They throw their dog in the backyard. Dog's running around in the backyard. Guess what the dog's doing? Building anxiety because it doesn't know what it's supposed to be doing. So it's just pacing around, chasing things. No structure. Anxiety's building. No exercise really happening. You know, sometimes it's hot, so your dog might seem tired, but yeah. Then they're you know ten minutes later, good to go. Exactly. To go. <laughs> uh, the other thing, like you talk about, just doing a treadmill with them, for example. Again, you're just building their endurance. You're not helping the anxiety. Number three. Uh, people taking their dogs on walks, and I've known people that have walked their dogs for like five miles every day to get the physical exercise in, because they've seen that on YouTube, they've seen it on TV, you know, you need to walk your dog, exercise your dog, which you do need to do that, but if I'm walking my dog and they're pulling on the leash the entire time, they're building anxiety, they're building up more tension, they're building up arousal, building up these bad things, practicing these things, versus if I'm walking in like a heel position like we do, now there's structure. Now there's something you got to focus on. Now there's something you have to do, you know, which uh, simulates that pack mentality instinctually that they have. So doing it that way is resolving the anxiety versus taking them on a five-mile walk, leash pulling, letting them do whatever. That could build anxiety as well, especially if you're walking through the neighborhood, for example. Dogs are pooping and peeing all over the place. Your dog's smelling all that all the time, so you're actually increasing anxiety because you're moving through so much territory. Uh, without structure being there, you know what I'm saying? So just some examples yeah. there. I mean, my, my dog Lola is a perfect example. She's an anxious hound. I used to, like prior to training, I could walk her for an hour and like she'd be a little bit tired, but then she'd be ready to go, yeah. right? And now, now I can take her out 15, 20 minutes, do some obedience, structured walk, and she's like, I'm done. Yeah. Smoked, balanced, yeah. nice and balanced. Absolutely, so. absolutely. Well, guys, that about wraps up today's episode for anxiety. Uh, you know, check us out, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, like, subscribe, and reach out if you need some help. You know, if you have any questions or feedback, please let us know. Otherwise, see you in the next one.